6 to 7 a.m. Weekend View with Elvis Presley. It is 6.31 and as usual on a Sunday morning we take a look at the headlines in the newspapers and we start off with the City Press, uh, the front page there. Why the Guptas won the asset forfeiture bid was sloppy and the prosecutors failed to share information. Big story on that one. An icon for an icon. That's the front page also there with the legendary five-time Grammy Award winners Lady Smith Black Mambazo performing at the South African State Theatre in Pretoria. The group is uh, back in the country uh, for the Nelson Mandela centenary celebration. And clearly it targets high-profile murders. That's the front page of the City Press. The Sunday Times lead with it was a mistake to keep Zilla, says Musi. Opposition leader draws the line in the sand against the Premier. It says here as the party leader, the last thing you need is the former pilot sitting in the jump seat trying to tell you what to do. Well, there's a story for you. And Mkobani drops the aid over qualifications doubt. Uh, that, uh, of course, is uh, the public protector, Bususiu Mkobani, uh, that has quietly withdrawn the appointment uh, of her chief of staff. That's the front page uh, of the Sunday Times. The Independent, Sunday Independent, they lead with SOEs and turmoil. Transnet boss at the center of a one billion rand tender scandal with a Gupta-linked firm. And fare thee well, old friend. Uh, there you have the Archbishop uh, Emeritus Desmond Tutu is helped down a flight of stairs following the funeral of the late Father Rowan Smith, who was a vicar for the last decade at St. George's Cathedral in Well Street, Cape Town, yesterday. And Reddy lays charges over anti-Indian comments. Uh, plus, outrage over fired Prasa chief's return to the board. That's the front page of the Sunday Independent. The Afrikaans paper, the report, they leading with uh, hard WhatsApps. Now let's say staff, Stella Murda exclusive. Uh, that's the uh, uh, two girls that was killed at a hostel and the WhatsApp messages uh, coming through an exclusive there in the report. The Sunday Sun, they leading with Zuma drops a beat. The former president swaps speeches for lyrics. And um, over the front page there, uh, also with a picture of a fitness trainer, Bali Mosimani, um, um, uh, wants South Africans to get fit and healthy. The Sunday World leads with PSL stars, Heist Link, Supersport and Bafana Bafana Defenders hijack car was used in a daring robbery. Merck found in Limpopo. And Susie, uh, rather, sues Arthur for 3.7 million rand. That's the front page of the Sunday World. Now those are some of the newspapers we have for you this morning. That brings the time now to 634 it's time now to engage our editors on their top stories for the week that was and the week ahead. And we say a very good morning to Ranjani Msumi, the associate editor at Tiso Blackstar. Very good morning to you, Ranjani. Ranjani, are you on the line? Let's see if uh, Ranjani is there. It seems like there's uh, some gremlins on the line there. Let's see if uh, we can get hold of Rangeni. And uh, we also have uh, Paul Vicciato, the parliamentary correspondent for Bloomberg in South Africa. Paul, a very good morning to you. 
Well, we're just trying to sort out all the gremlins on the line. As soon as we have that sorted out, uh, we'll put our editors back on the line. Meanwhile, I would like you to engage with us uh, on the question that we posed to you in relation to the various heists that we've seen in the country. And we're asking the question, are law enforcement agencies equipped to effectively deal with cash and transit heist in the country? Uh, you can let me know what's on your mind on that number, 891 That's the number in studio. You can also send us a text message at text message as 40938. It'll cost you one rand fifty. And then like us on the Facebook page, The Weekend View. Uh, if you like us there, you become part and parcel of this growing family. From scratch, of course, we need to start The Weekend View. If you like us there, post your comments on the question that we post to you. Are law enforcement agencies equipped to effectively deal with cash in transit highs? Uh, let's just take a look at uh, that one again uh, that was unsigned. He says, why can they not sabotage the money containers so that when the, the hijackers uh, or the robbery is imminent, the cash boxes can be damaged so that the money is useless to perpetrators. A small charge of uh, explosive can be placed within the boxes so it can be detonated remotely by radio signal once the thieves has gone away. Now, I'm sure this uh, these are some of the um, sort of suggestions uh, that the employers are looking at. Uh, we were earlier supposed to speak to Fedusa uh, and uh, some of the associates in, in relation to what was their discussion with the employers after they had a, a discussion around transit heist last week and some of the suggestions that came forward. Uh, now, this one here says another proposal is also to put sulfuric acid chemicals in the boxes that upon the robbery, the acid can be released and uh, damage uh, the uh, the money. And there's also so uh, he also continues by saying that uh, the police are powerless against these robberies. They are not enough policemen. Uh, so we're asking you this question on the Twitter handle as well as on the Facebook page. Let me go quickly there to the Twitter handle and see what you are telling me. Charles says, uh, the sad side is that the staff are not insured. That is now the staff. I, I presume that you're talking about working for uh, the, trans, the cash and transit uh, companies. And uh, Tybo says the way the situation it is now, it looks like uh, they are not prepared. The police, that is. Uh, Londiwe says law enforcement agencies aren't equipped to deal with any crime. And uh, Azania says, no, their efforts should be uh, preventative rather than reactionary. This makes one wonder, why do we have intelligence in the country? That's another question. Do we have the intelligence service to talk about this? Now, uh, Mpo says, but heists have been a feature on our roads for decades now. Why make uh, you think they are not? Uh, That's uh, a comment and a question there from Paul. Now, let's go back to our editors, Ranjani Munsami, the associate editor at Tiso Blackstar. Very good morning to you, Ranjani. How are you this morning? Well, I don't, I, I don't think it's normal for Jennings to be awake this early on a Sunday. I'm not surprised the gremlins got it there. <laughs> no, the, gre- the gremlins are working against us this morning. Paul Vichiato, he's the parliamentary correspondent for Bloomberg in South Africa. Good morning to you, Paul. Good morning, Albert. Morning, Ren Jennings. Yes, it seems to be an unheady hour for a Sunday, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, let's start off with you. Your top stories for the week that was. Uh, well, Albert, as you read the headlines earlier, uh, we're leaving with a story. Uh, we've done an interview with uh, Mursi Maimani where he talks about uh, uh, various things, the state of his party, 
Uh, he talks about the race dynamics in BA. He talks about the the difficulties in the relationship with Helen Zeller and uh, uh, Patricia Delil. Now, this this saga of Patricia Delil has been rolling on in this week. It's escalated, you know, that her powers restricted. May uh, you also saw that some members of her caucus uh, turned their backs on her while she was addressing the caucus. So it does look like that that issue is getting completely out of hand. So there's some very interesting comments uh, from Musi Baimani in our paper today in the Sunday Times uh, on this issue. But also, uh, I think it's the first time that Musi Baimani is speaking as frankly as he is uh, about the state of the DA, uh, about the opposition he faced on um, uh, on the diversity clause, so in his effort to transform the party. Uh, but the big <coughs> issue, which is the angle of the story, is his relationship with uh, Helen Zilla. Uh, and I think that the the other big stories of the week is uh, also what's leading City Press today. I think that uh, uh, it was greatly disappointing to find that uh, the uh, the asset forfeiture unit has to return the Gupta's assets, and it makes you despair about the the state of the state capture cases and whether they would, in fact, be able to successfully prosecute those cases. Uh, and I think um, the other story, which is uh, a bit curious at the moment is this formation of new political, uh, new political party or parties um, that seemingly assembling around uh, former President Jacob Zuma, and um, he, you know, uh, it, it, at, this, at this stage it's not clear whether it's one or two parties, but there seems to be different groups mobilizing support. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, the different issues at play, but. Uh, one of the groups certainly saying that uh, the former president didn't finish off what he uh, what he had started, and they felt that he was treated badly. And then the church groups uh, also seem to be mobilizing supporters, been holding mass rallies. So um, I think those are interesting developments this week. So that is a run journey with her top stories. Paul, yours. Uh, on the local front, definitely in Parliament with the uh, minimum wage bill being passed by the National Assembly. Um, it's still a long way before it becomes actual law, but uh, it's, it's a step. Uh, it's an important political milestone for President Ramaphosa at the moment. Uh, it, it's been his flagship project, so to speak, for a while. Uh, it is running behind time. There's a lot of issues around the minimum wage well, we've seen Kosato, for instance, come out in favour of it, uh, whilst there are other unions that are in union organisations that are definitely opposed to it, especially the uh, 20 rand an hour uh, wage. Um, in Parliament, we've seen the end of the parliamentary term uh, essentially this week, uh, this coming week. We've only got a few committee meetings. But, um, yeah, it's it's one of the few things that Parliament has actually really achieved uh, is to get that ball. They've still got another 52 pieces of legislation to process. I don't know if they're going to do it this year or even before the uh, national elections next year. Um, we talk around uh, uh, some kind of political party being formed to su- support um, former President Zuma. has been going around for a while. For some reason, I've got an application form to join it, but I'm not quite sure uh, um, how far this goes. Talking to some ANC uh, people, uh, they, they dismiss the idea totally of, of President Zuma leading the party. However, they do point out that there was a lot of 
uh, talk at the time of the formation of COPE that President Thabo Mbeki may be, be behind it. And also, President Zuma's got a reputation for setting up uh, uh, parallel or alternative structures to, to ensure his um, survival. Uh, the, on the international front, I think uh, the, the idea that the United States and North Korea talks uh, will resume uh, in um, Singapore. Let's see how that goes. Um, you know, with the greatest respect to both nations and all of that, um, this seems to be a case of any uh, of two, how can I put it, two um, people who march to and John Beat understanding each other. <laughs> I don't know how to, to, to describe that one. Uh, but uh, look, if they're talking, it's a good sign, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the, the G7 countries coming out, um, being very strong about the United States putting in uh, um, tariffs, uh, import tariffs on steel, and, uh, you know, they're really unhappy about that. Then back to South Africa for the Guptas, it was win one, lose one. Um, the asset forfeitures unit didn't seem to be able to follow through on, on, on the uh, dairy case. But on the other hand, the, the hours are ticking down to when the Guptas had to return their jets to Canada. Mm-hmm. Well, there you have it. Top stories for Paul Vicciato, uh, parliamentary correspondent for Bloomberg. Now, let's start off with one of the top stories for both of you, and that was the former president, uh, President Jacob Zuma, uh, says that uh, those who think he will leave the ANC either to start or join another party do not understand the sacrifices that he made for the African National Congress. Addressing a home welcoming prayer service, uh, Zuma said that he had even left his own family, including his mother, and he dismissed reports that the uh, Azubai uh, Imasweni organization was lobbying him to join them as they were aggrieved by his recall. Now, the organization's Raging Mobile maintains that they've been holding consultations with the former president. We spoke with him regarding the need for a clarion call because we believe that there are strongly pending issues in the country that he, that he was addressing or he was in the process of addressing, yet now they are being neglected. And we had to go to him as a veteran of the revolution. We were strongly unhappy about his removal. And we believe that we call this a mild coup d'etat. Because they use all the instruments of politics and also legally to get rid of him. And whatever he was trying to implement, some of those things are being discontinued. A party or not a party? What do you think, Ranjini? Well, um, obviously I write about this in my column in the Sunday Times today because I, I, I don't think, as I say, it sounds curious. Uh, and, you know, the questions that need to be asked are if the, uh, these parties are assembled around the former president is, um, a, uh, you know, is he involved? And, and B, if these people want the parties to be formed, in his name, what do they think, uh, you know, he's able to do for them now that he was not able to do already? I mean, he was president. Uh, and so uh, what the, well, what do they think that he can achieve now? But, uh, you know, the, the, as I say, there seems to be two groups. So there were these church leaders, and it's various churches, the Trava Apostles, the Banti Church, the Shembe, 
um, the Zion Church. Uh, so there are great numbers of people involved in this uh, church movement, and they seemingly have uh, registered uh, a party or applied for registration of a party called the African Transformation Congress. And what they've been talking about are issues that are also under discussion by the ANC, which is uh, land and uh, free education and the state bank. So um, th- that's what I'm saying. It's rather curious that these issues are also under discussion by the ANC. So uh, why church leaders would call together their congregants? Uh, they, uh, recently, there were two rallies in one week in uh, in Durban, uh, and, you know, they sold the Moses Mabida Stadium. So you can't kind of laugh it off. Uh, so uh, something is definitely happening. This other group, I don't know if it would ever eventually merge into one thing, but the other group, uh, the person that was being interviewed just now, uh, they seem to be, um, uh, you know, in discussions with other groups of people, including uh, the taxi operators. But what both these groups have in common is that the, the former president is, uh, what they've been being consulted. So, for example, those two rallies in Durban, the former president did attend. Uh, so, um, you know, the, the, uh, what you quoted him saying earlier that, uh, you know, he's, uh, he gave up his life for the ANC uh, uh, and that he, he wouldn't leave the party, that's may, that may, certainly may be true, but it is not as if he's discouraging this talk uh, and, uh, you know, certainly in the consultations, all these people seem to think that he is certainly uh, giving them the go-ahead. But I think ultimately it will be whether he himself identifies with the, the, the this formation or formations or whether he just, you know, is, is giving them a push from behind as uh, some form of competition to the ANC. What will this mean for uh, the African National Congress if the president is supposed uh, was is going to start a new party in uh, KZN, Paul? Well, I, I, <laughs> I think it'll it'll be a huge problem for them because it'll already split up an already fractious pro- uh, province. There. You know, in the run up to the 2016 local elections, the the levels of political violence and intra ANC uh, uh, political violence. Uh, was wretched up a huge amount, and it's been going on for a while. They've had uh, a commission of inquiry into it, uh, and, and that kind of thing. And I think to have another political party, which, uh, as Ranjini correctly pointed out, is debating the same issues as ANC have already debated, is going to make things very difficult in the province for all political parties, not just, but in particular the ANC. Now, Ranjini, one of your top stories, opposition parties in the city of Cape Town Council are adamant that the DA councillors vote to strip the mayor, Patricia DeLille, of her executive powers was unlawful. Now, that vote went along party lines with the DA majority in the council ensuring that the motion was easily passed. What implications does it have for Patricia DeLille and for the party in the province? Well, well, I think that, you know, her last word on the matter was about you in court. And I think that, you know, she's certainly challenging all these aspects of uh, these attempts to uh, to remove her, and uh, you know, I think that uh, stripping her powers is certainly inconsistent with the law and the constitution because you can't have people serving in public office with no powers. Uh, there's no such thing as ceremonial uh, politicians or public servants in uh, uh, in our in our constitution. So. 
um, it, it is certainly bizarre. As I, you know, you, you, I think you can certainly guess that if Anasi goes to court, that she, she would again be successful. But that's what I'm saying. It's important what um, what Musi Maimani is saying that he's conceding that um, you know that they, they, all these issues are not properly managed. Um, and he was saying, uh, for example, uh, that. Uh, but the 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 DA's processes and their their rules were written for a party much smaller at a time where they didn't anticipate that they would actually be running governments. So he said that they didn't have proper accountability accountability mechanisms for their deployees. So, for example, if somebody messed up badly, uh, one of their their public representatives messed up badly, they didn't have the mechanism to to recall them. But, um, uh, you know, I certainly think that the horse is bolted on the ADA being able to manage this, this, this issue properly. So I think that the fallout will continue, and it will probably come to a royal and messy end, uh, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Now, your top story, Paul, was the Labour Minister, Mildred Oliphant, that has described the National Assembly's passing of the minimum wage bill as an historic achievement. Under the bill, the salaries of more than 6 million workers will increase. However, there are some critics, including the Labour Federation Softu, that have described that 20 rand per hour as an insult. Tell us more. Well, uh, you know, uh, lots of countries are voting minimum wage bills and, and it's a Possibly about time South Africa does do something along those lines. But we do have a huge unemployment rate. And uh, for a long time there's been discussion if we bring a minimum wage uh, bill, it could arguably increase unemployment. However, the level for minimum wage, um, they say it's uh, 20 rand a month, uh, uh, and then work at about uh, three and a half to four and a half thousand rand a month. But that is if people work 40, uh, 40 hour a week. If they work, but most of our uh, people who are employed uh, in, in these sort of occupations, such as the extended public works program, actually did not work a 40 hour week. They work far less. So they're not getting enough uh, money to keep heart and soul together, as some would say. So there's a big divide about this. Um, I, this bill still has to go through the National Council of Provinces. Um, and, and their processes in terms of public hearings, uh, I can see the arguments around, uh, around this being ratcheted up quite, quite heavily over the next few months. I don't see it being passed in time uh, before Parliament dissolves next year. So um, it's, it's going to carry on for quite a while, I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it, 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 it possibly as well inadvertently add tension to an already um, tense labour market. Now, Ranjini, I'm going to come back to the Democratic Alliance. Big story in the Sunday Times this morning, the front page. It was a mistake to keep Zilla. Well, very interesting comments from Musi Maimani, the leader there. Yes, um, I, I, I did the interview, uh, and I must say that uh, I was rather surprised that he was as forthright as he was. And I think after three years as leader of the Democratic Alliance uh, and with the current turmoil in the, in the DA, Musi uh, Maimani, I think, is now at the stage where he has to lay down the line uh, and decide which direction he's taking the party. And I think uh, one of the things he, he talks about the future of Helen Zilla, uh, what happens when her term of office comes to an end. So it makes a very interesting reading. Um, but 
I also think that what's interesting is that he's he's conceding that he that there is opposition to um, more diversity in the in the DA, and I think that all uh, lends itself to the fact that we are entering a period where uh, there's going to be election lists drawn up uh, for the 2019 uh, national and provincial elections. And I think a lot of people are worried about their futures and whether they will return to Parliament. So all of this, I think, is underlined by vested interests as well as people are worried about whether they'll make it into the list if um, if um, Maimani is intending to bring uh, more black people into the DA and have the DA becoming more reflective of uh, uh, of, of South African society. Now, does that then suggest that he was a token black leader? And are those rumours of a of a Democratic Party splitting perhaps true? No, he's disputing that, and he's certainly saying that there's nobody in the DA who has more powers than he does. Um, and I think that is why he's explaining in, in the story he explains the role of James South, for example. Um, and with regard to the the reports of a breakaway, he says. You know, it was just it could have been a few people sitting in a bar musing about the about the prospects of a liberal party. That doesn't mean that it's going to happen. Uh, and he says that he's pursuing an African liberal agenda. And he says that there's no he says that it's arrogant to assume that only one race uh, has uh, you know owns the concept of liberalism. So he's certainly more forthright than we've ever seen him. I, I must say I was quite stunned with the. The things he said, but it looks as if uh, you know he's defining himself and he's defining his leadership of the DA now. Well, Paul, one of your top stories, of course, uh, two men with the weirdest hairstyles in the world are meeting on the 12th, uh, apparently. Uh, uh, I'm not sure quite what was in that big envelope that uh, <laughs> President Trump got. Um, I was wondering if it was a check for something or other, you know, but. Uh, he says he hasn't. He said he got a very nice letter, but then admitted he hadn't read the letter yet. Um, look, if if he does uh, uh, create a breakthrough on the uh, North Korean talks, especially if they agree to reduce or uh, uh, the nuclear arsenal or keep their finger off the trigger, or whatever it is, that, that'll be one of the biggest breakthroughs in discussions with North Korea since the, uh, the Korean War or armistice um, brought about the end to hostilities. Don't forget, they're still technically at war. Uh, the, the, the Korean War didn't end with a peace agreement, just ended with an armistice. So, yeah, um, that, that'll be quite interesting. Uh, and I think uh, the region would, the, uh, the East Asian region would really like to see a, a drop in tensions there. Um, it's, that kind of tension is very expensive to all the economies, including China and Japan and others. So I think we welcome a dropping tension there. We won't have time to discuss state capture, Ranjani, but uh, let's take a look at the week uh, ahead. Okay, well, the big thing this week, uh, obviously, will be former President Jacob Zuma is appearing in court again uh, on Friday in the Diamond High Court. Um, we don't know how this is going to play out because there's, Simultaneous things happening. There's there's still the battle going on about uh, who pays his legal fees, uh, and he also uh, intends to make an application to strike off. Uh, so th- that will be happening in in court, outside court. 
um, you know, we, we could get more clarity on where this movement around him is going. And you'll see all his supporters who intend to form this new political party probably, uh, you know, gathering in support of him. So we could probably get more idea as to where this movement is going. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paul? Well, we, as I say, we've got a seat committee in Parliament. Um, I, I expect uh, um, I, uh, in, in the committees, especially, uh, uh, quite a lot of haranguing going on. Uh, with the talk about the, uh, Patricia DeLille and the tensions within the DA themselves, um, I can expect quite a lot of, uh, uh, well, some movement there. Uh, I don't think she will um, accept her her corolling and some people must all cobwebbing um, to take that lying down. Um, and, and let's see how the North Korea years talks go, go ahead. And maybe the two should just go for a haircut together or something. I don't know. <laughs> Ranjani, just uh, quickly in 10 seconds, the Zimbabwe elections, are you watching that? Oh, yes, definitely. Now that we have a date, um, I think we'll see a campaigning step up into high gear. And this could possibly be, uh, you know, Zimbabwe's first proper election. Hopefully we're all holding thumbs that it's a credible free and fair election. That's where we've got to leave it. Thank you so much to my editors, Ranjani Munsami, the associate editor at Tiso Blackstar, as well as Paul Vichato, parliamentary correspondent for Bloomberg in South Africa. Our team this morning, Brundle